Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on, guys? What's up, guys? Today, I have an amazing guest with me, Jethry Rader. Jethry is a 22-year-old non-binary Filipino-American. They grew up in Colorado and went to Reed College in Portland, Oregon, and graduated with a bachelor's degree in biology in May 2018. They recently moved to Princeton, New Jersey, where they are currently a molecular lab manager and research specialist at a lab uh, at Princeton University in the Genomics Institute. They have become very passionate about sharing their experiences and feelings about their gender identity and have been featured on Instagram accounts, Them, Dapper Q, Queercut, and Wildfang. Oh my God, Jeffrey, what's up? Hey, what is what's up, Jeff? Up? It is so good to have you. It's so good to be here. Oh my God, I love it, Jeff. What's going on in that Instagram of yours? <laughs> it's know. on fire. I know. What's yeah. happening? Tell me about um, it. So... About two months ago, I moved to New York City, and the very first night that I was here, I found out that them featured me on their Instagram page. How did that happen? Um, So right before coming to New York, I was in my hometown in Colorado, and my hometown is... um, Small, conservative, <laughs> wow, really, really Christian, and I, I would always get comments about like even when I like growing up, um, always always got comments about you know being Filipino American or just like not looking like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just cut my hair, um, like the I was there for four days before coming to New York City, and I just cut my hair, um, and I was at a coffee shop, and this this woman walked by. And she was like, oh my gosh, you are so brave to have that hair. But she said it in like such like a negative way. Whoa. Okay, so wait, this is in Colorado? Yeah, yeah, my hometown in Colorado. Whoa. Grand Junction, Colorado. Really? Yeah, it's it's right by the border of Utah, so it's very um it's it's not like Boulder, Denver at all. Right. Different different vibe completely. Right. Um but and I She remember, said you were brave to have that hair? Yeah. But but she said in such a Oh my gosh, you're so brave to have that hair. But like in like in like a negative right. way, like why right. why would you do that? Right, right. Um and I remember going home and I and I took a picture, I took a selfie and I posted it, um, and I tagged them. Um and I don't remember what the caption was, but it was something about how like um I don't know, something about the comment and how, how it was negative and how, like, it didn't make any sense to me because I still felt, like, beautiful and, like, yeah. I still felt myself with that haircut. Yeah. So. So that's crazy. So it's, uh, you know what's interesting to me, like, when I hear a story like that about somebody who is just, you were just, like, it's almost like you put, a like, a like a bulletin out being, like, why is this, why is it crazy that I'm having, that I have this hair? Like, why is this a problem? Like, I want people to know about this experience that I had and, and sort of like weigh in on it. So yeah. it's amazing that you would take that experience. Cause I think somebody would have taken a, a, um, uh, sorry, a negative experience like that and maybe just swallowed it. Maybe just, you know, I don't know, cried themselves to sleep, whatever the case is, but you took it and you, you like posted about it. That's crazy. Right, right. So, and you knew about them at that time, the magazine um, them? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I tagged them or used their tagline. I think it was like one of them. And then the next day I woke up with a message from them um, asking if they could repost that picture but have the description be something about like 
why I have my hair cut or how I feel confident in my hair or how I got to like my hair my hairstyle now. Yeah. Those of you don't know, it's very short. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's awesome. I mean, I think that's great. I think um, what did you? How did you feel? Like I, I'm just curious. Like you just posted this thing, not knowing what was going to happen, right? Like you didn't expect to get a response from them, and now here they come back with a response. What did that feel like for you? I, I was really shocked. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I was like, wow, do I deserve that? I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it felt like a very small thing, or that other people, you know, have same experiences as me. So it was. I was I was shocked that because if you look at um, the um, the tag that them has, I think it's yeah one of them. If you look at that on Instagram, there are lots of other people like every day who will use that tagline. So I was I was very um, shocked that they chose my post yeah. and all the other posts, of course, to to share. I mean, well, it sounds like it was the beginning of something for you, though, oh, right? Yeah. It like it, it definitely opened up some it, it there it created some sort of momentum for you. Yeah. So tell me about that. Like tell how did it go from you just posting this thing to like and this is before you moved here. Yeah, yeah. So so how did it all happen? Tell me about it. Yeah, so then the the day that I moved here that night, um them featured my picture and I remember waking up the next day. I had like maybe eight hundred followers before that, but I remember waking up the next day and my followers like doubled and What? But holy cow. But like the the followers because I think before that most of my followers like were from um my college or just random random people. Um but most of the followers I gained were people from the queer community or people who follow them. And that was that was a very nice moment because then I realized that, like, wow, not only do I have a lot of followers, but suddenly, like, you know, half my audience or over half my audience are people who, like, were influenced by, yeah. by my posts. Yes. And so that's, like, what then inspired me to want to continue to post things, like, about my gender identity. That's, I mean, that is such a great story. I, I love that story so much. I think... It's it's amazing, and it just I don't know. I, I think that it, it's to me it's like a kismet in a lot of ways. It's like I can't believe it happened like so seamlessly for you, like that it just happened like with one post, and things just yeah. started to like roll from there. So when you when you realized that you were getting followed by more uh, queer people, what did that feel like for you? Do you feel like I mean, had you always felt like I am I'm I'm queer? I'm I'm part of the queer community. Did you ever feel separate of it, or did did it feel like you always felt like you're part of it? So, uh, because especially coming from like a small town, it's like right, I right. want to know what you're. You yeah, know. yeah. So growing up, I never, I I did have some feelings here and there about, um, just like being a woman, yeah. and I I grew up with three brothers, no sisters, and like my father was pretty tr- like pretty sexist, I guess, mm-hmm. and like. Growing up, he would always tell my brothers, like, oh, you can get this job, make a ton of money. But with me, he was like, you can just marry rich. And, like, you know, I had, like, feelings like that where, um, like, growing up, I was always, like, didn't really feel powerful as a woman. Um, But I didn't really know, like, I didn't have any sources or know what to look up or anything. And so I never really considered myself, like, a part of the queer community at all. Um, until I got to college where I was very fortunate enough to go to a college where like my very first day there you were asked to um, introduce yourselves with your name as well as your pronouns oh fantastic um, which was incredible and then most of the bathrooms there are gender neutral and um, you know being around so many other people I think 
I, um, I remember the dorm that I was in and I uh, didn't choose a dorm and I was like really unhappy because it was like themed for um, like I don't know, people who are like really big on like video games and stuff. And that's not something that I that I spend any time doing. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like most of that community ended up being lots of people part of the queer community. Mm -hmm. um, so like the very first friends I made at college and like the community that I felt like I belonged to for the first time since leaving my hometown ended up being like a lot of people from the queer community and like being around them and learning more about like their gender identities or their issues and like their pronouns and stuff, I, I started thinking more and I was like, okay, I feel that I identify with them, but I still didn't really know how to articulate it for like a few more years. After right, that, right, so. right. So we're going to talk about that because yeah. we talked a little bit about that uh, earlier about that post. So we're, we're going to bring that on tape. So it's not just <laughs> off tape, but let's talk about that because you had a post some, um, how, when was this? Did, was it recently? Was it your... National coming out day. Yeah, right. so it was like August eighth or something. Right. It was only two, two, three weeks ago. Okay, right. So it was recently. Um, mm -hmm. it, you had a post that you said that you had you had been working on for some time because you wanted to articulate your identity. Right, right. So tell me about why it was hard to articulate it, and tell me about what it felt like when you did. Like, do you feel like you like you fully understand your identity? You're still working on it. Like, tell me about. Just start with why was it hard to even, yeah. you know, because you sounds like you had been working on that for a while. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so by the end of my first year at Reed College, um, I started, I announced on my Facebook that I wanted to start accepting they pronouns as well as she pronouns still. Um, but I didn't really know why I felt that way. But because everyone or a large amount or I don't, like, People at Reed College are just like very, you know, accepting or like um, used to the fact that there are lots of people there who use they pronouns. Um, you know, no one questioned me as to why I thought that way. And so I felt very comfortable in that situation, um, even though I didn't really know why I felt the way I did. Right. Um, and then there were sometimes, you know, like it wasn't until like maybe three or four months later where I was like, okay, I'm going to try to. Um, figure out why why I feel this way or why I want to use they pronouns um, and I like my reasoning to myself just didn't feel like a good enough reason right. to talk to right. like other people in the queer community or right. other you know non-binary people so you felt you were worried about like being questioned about it right, right. yeah yeah I was super worried yes. and then it took you know another few years it took until two and a half weeks ago to finally feel comfortable enough and confident enough in like my knowledge about myself and my gender identity to you know find the words to write this post even though it still took me like two I remember I was I started drafting started drafting um the the um the caption of, of this post like two weeks beforehand wow that's crazy because like, I was I was so afraid of like someone questioning me because so much of my followers were suddenly you know people who were, like, in, like, I don't know, so, so, so many of my followers were suddenly, like, people from the queer community, and I was right. so afraid that I right. would, that I'd offend someone or right. say something wrong. Right, and you know what? We talked about a little about this, like, the followers you have, they're in various states of that, right? Yeah. They're not all in the state of, like, I, I, you know, they know, they, they are saying what their identity is, and some of them are like, okay, I'm sure about that. Some of them are still like, oh, this is a work in progress, I'm not quite sure. And some of them are like, you know, I don't know, I, uh, you know, I guess, sure, you know, they just, they know what they're doing. So it's, there are various states 
of that. And I think there's a lot of power and there's a lot of um, importance in saying, I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm still working on this, but I know that I, I'm leaning towards something. Right. You know, yeah. and I think that's there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I've learned that is, like, it's okay to feel that way. It to is. not know exactly how to articulate how you feel or why you feel the way you do. And it's just important that you can, you know, feel however you want to and that's still right. Right. Even if you don't know anyone who, like, identifies, like, the exact exactly same right. way as you, it's fine. Exactly right. And also, you know, there is, there isn't, we, you know, we, we were talking about this earlier as well. It's like, there really isn't a um there really shouldn't be a discussion or debate about like no you're not really you know gender non-conforming or no you're not like really you know like masculine center or you know whatever the case is or you know non-binary you're not when people say they are something that we really shouldn't be questioning that Mm -hmm. right we shouldn't be questioning that because we're basically then imposing our rules on them about what those things mean yeah and that's not cool on any level. So I don't really, so I, you know, I, I really want to like, like, like underscore this for the people listening. When someone's, when you say that you are something, there is no discussion to be had. There's no questioning that you should be undergoing. Like people don't get the right to say what you are. Yeah. You say it and yeah. you meet it and you, and you be in it. Like, like live it, like be it strong, you know? So you know, and I know that it's easier to say that, like, living in New York and, like, you know, and being, you know, not necessarily in places where there's a lot less tolerance. But, like, we want to hopefully get people up to a place where, like, they can be strong in their identity. Yeah. And not feeling like it's, they have to be questioned in it. Yeah. It's just not cool. You know, it's not cool. So, all right. So, thank you for telling me a little bit about that. You know, I, I wanted to go into this and I meant to go in at the beginning, but I really want you to tell me a little about your job. Yeah. Because I don't know much about what you do and I just, I find it so fascinating. So, you're working at Princeton and, and this is and this is fairly new, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, how did that whole thing happen? Yeah. So, I, you know, as Corinne said on my bio that I graduated, um, you know, just five months ago, five mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with a biology degree and I didn't want to rush into a job right away, um, or a research job because I was very unsure if I wanted to get a research job. Um, so I applied to a lot of research jobs, ended up going to Hawaii for three months just to work at a summer camp because I was, I didn't, I don't, cause I didn't know if I wanted to do, um, research. Um, and then once I got to New York, I was like, okay, it's time to actually find a job because I've, um, you know, been stressed out on not knowing what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. um, in like the upcoming months. Um, and then this, this Princeton job, um, I applied for, I don't remember when I applied for it or what I wrote. Um, but the, um, principal investigator of the lab, um, you know, reached out to me and was like, are you still interested? Should come by and visit. Um, and, Yeah, so I chose the job because, like, I had many other interviews with other universities and, like, the the person in charge of the lab that I've talked to were always so, you know, like, okay, you have to be doing research for the rest of your life or you have to be very, very, like, passionate about it and this is just your entire life. You have to go to grad school. You have to get a PhD. But then this this PI was very, like, oh, you don't know what you want to do. That's fine as long as you, you know, care about the job and do what you're supposed to and like um you know input the knowledge that you have and and read about the papers that are related to our research then it's fine Mm -hmm. and and that was the first time where I had met someone who would be my boss who could potentially be my boss who was okay with the fact that I was uncertain of 
like where my passions lie or what I want to do. That's fantastic. So, so it gives you, so that gives you the room to grow into something if you want to, right? right? right. Like, you yeah, don't have yeah. to be like, oh no, I'm like locked into this thing. Right. Yeah. yeah so that's kind of scary. So, so what does your job look like on a day to day basis though? What is it like? Um, yeah, so I am the the lab manager, the molecular lab manager of this lab that um, researches um, bee behavior, specifically um, maternal care of bees. Um, and there are two postdocs and a grad student, and they all focus, or their most of their research and background is in like the ecological level, where they go out to do field research and they like collect the bees, and then they you know, imitate the habitats in the lab um, and just, like, study the behavior. Um, but they're trying to also sequence their, their DNA um, to see if there's, like, a certain trait that um, is involved with, like, maternal care. Mm-hmm. Um, and since some of them have very much back, like, of a background in the molecular level, and I do, that is, like, kind of my role, as well as, you know, managing... Um, like all the, like I have to test all the protocols that we would be using, um, like on the molecular scale to make sure that they're detailed enough and that they work and that we have all the reagents. So I have to order things. Um, and then we just got, um, I guess there's like a, the lab got like a pretty big grant right before I got there. Um, and they just like ordered this lab robot that I've like become in charge of (laughs) where, um, I mean, all the robot does is just like pipette things into just like. It's, it's more efficient and you can do more samples than mm-hmm. like by mm-hmm. hand. Yeah. Um, but no one knows how to do Python, so I'm suddenly just like, <laughs> <laughs> just given this role of like, oh, you should learn how to do Python and like work the robot. So which, you have to program the robot too? Yeah. On top of I, everything else? <laughs> but I've been doing so oh my God. a good job at That's it. Incredible. I, I, yeah, I, you, I didn't realize that I was so good at programming. I mean, did you, <laughs> is that new for you? It's like. I programmed once in high, I took a high, high school class actually. and I actually actually absolutely hated that class my my, my <laughs> least favorite class and it's because i got so frustrated all the time when like something didn't work programming is not easy it's not yeah, yeah yeah but i i don't know it, it's it's like really cool that i know that not only am i needed for um you know for like the molecular side of things but also i'm the only one who knows how this pro or how this robot works and like i already like wrote an entire protocol by scratch in That's Python. Incredible! That is amazing. Started to work last week. I'm impressed. <laughs> I am seriously impressed with you. Like that is incredible. Are you kidding me? Like you're doing this. You're like it, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. So I mean, if you're asking me, what you've done there is just build up your built yourself up so that you're of so much value they're gonna be like oh my god we gotta hold on to this person we gotta hold on to them because they're amazing yeah yeah they're they're <laughs> uh we have these lab meetings i've only been working there for three weeks but <laughs> i've yet to spend an entire weekend in new jersey or in princeton i always come to new york city yeah because i absolutely love it here yeah yeah and you know every every week um everyone in my lab is like are you okay like how are you doing <laughs> you're going to new york city again oh are you sure you don't want to you know like they watch you, jurassic they park with out? Us? <laughs> you're like no <laughs> i have to get to the big city where things are yeah. happening sorry yeah. sorry so um okay let's let's switch gears a little bit because i want to talk about your identity some yeah. more and i want to talk about what tell me about your clothing because your identity and your clothing, as we know, and we talk about this on podcasts, it goes, it's pretty tightly coupled in a lot of ways. And so I want to know, um, as you started to think more about identifying as non-binary, did it change the way you dressed? The way you dressed? Like, did it change the way you started to buy your clothes or think about how you want to put them together? What, 
what's different now than before? Um, I think, I'm not sure if there's very much that is different, mm -hmm. but I do know, um, like I used to feel a lot more comfortable wearing dresses when I was younger, but now I, now I don't often wear dresses. Right. Um, but I think I, I have many memories, um, growing up where I would leave the house to go to school in an outfit that like within like 10 minutes of being in school just feel very uncomfortable in it. Really? Or just like, I don't know, they're like, they're, maybe there's something that didn't match right or something that I was just like really not feeling good in. Okay. Um, and I, th that was, that was a common thing, um, throughout my childhood. Um, was it clothing, like, where, was this clothing that you bought yourself? Was it clothing that your parents put you in? Like, what, where did the clothing come from? Um, I really hated shopping, so my mom would always choose the clothes for me. Okay. Um, but in a way, it's interesting because I think that the fact that she helped choose my clothes have, it like, helped me become more fashionable later, I think. Oh, really? So, she was, I That's don't know, so she, she, she did a good job at choosing my clothes, but, like, there were, I don't know, like, every now and then, I would try to, like, find, like, a different combination of clothes or something, and I would just not feel good in it. Yeah, um, yeah. And something that I think is big within, like, maybe just the past year is um, all the clothes that I own, I feel very comfortable in, and I have, like, a lot of outfits in mind that like I've never like it's been it's been maybe two or three years since I've left the house in an outfit where suddenly like 10 minutes later I felt so interesting in. like it, it's interesting to me that it would happen later like so yeah, it wasn't yeah. as you put it on you were like fine and then you get yeah, like, yeah, later, like so interesting like it would happen later I wonder what, what would shift that made you feel that way I'm not sure I think <sighs> I would always try to be adventurous with my outfits, and then, you know, it, it took me until I, like, left the house and was in, like, a public setting to think, like, oh, no, this looks terrible <laughs> on me. Maybe this something like that, but also, like, I, I didn't really um, use mirrors very often, so it was just, like, judging. <laughs> the mirror is your friend, let me just yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, even now, I don't really look at a mirror very often, <laughs> That's but... That's so crazy. So, what do you think changed? Like, what... Like what? What? What did you? What? What is your clothing doing now for you that you don't find yourself in that problem? Like you don't find yourself walking out of the house and ten minutes later, like it, it, the clothing must have changed, or is it you? You changed? What? What changed? Is it different clothing? Like do you feel? Yeah, like yeah it is different clothing, but I don't know. I think I just found like what certain styles work for me more. Yeah. Um, like I typically will wear like neutral colors, mm -hmm. like black a lot and mm. white and brown and yeah. gray um I, don't, I think i just found like what what i feel good in and then when i go out to buy more clothes i'll just like buy clothes within that range do you do you feel like this coincided with you becoming more um stronger in your identity do you or, or do you, which like which i guess what's the time frame was it like oh I was, i'm wearing clothing you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily identifying as non-binary. I'm, I'm wearing clothing and I don't feel comfortable in it. And then maybe then I realize I'm non-binary and then my clothing changes. Like, what is, what was the time? What is the, I guess, what's the, you know, what's the, the landscape look like? Like, how did it happen? Oh, you know, sure. Like, yeah. I also, 
don't really know where I get inspired by like the outfits I wear. There's not like an, there's 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 no one who who comes to mind when I think about like if my my sense of fashion was like inspired by anyone. Yeah. Um, so do you see you just like like when you go shopping? What do you do? Like do you see something and, you, and it just jumps out of you? Yeah, like, I is think that so. The way it works? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, or I there have been times in the past where I've been like, trying to kill time, and I'll go into a store and just try on, like, every single black um, piece of clothing they have. <laughs> Not every single Love one, but, like, like, like a, a large handful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I've just become a lot more confident in myself. Um, so I think that, um, like, the clothing that I like wearing as and then, like, becoming more confident in my gender identity, I think they just, like, both happen at the same time. And I don't know if it's, or maybe around the same time, and I don't know if it's um, because one or the other happened or... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think you can... Do you see, though, uh, a correlation between, like, becoming more confident in your gender identity and also then wearing clothing and not feeling so uncomfortable in it? Do you feel like those two things, like, they're... Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah, like if yeah. you weren't confident in your gender identity, you might still be thinking about, you know, go out and still be like, oh, 10 minutes later, I'm not feeling so great in this clothing. It's like, it seems like that's less likely to happen now because you've reached a level of confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually never thought about if, like, how they connect. Yeah. Um, I think I think they do. I think, I mean, yeah. I, maybe not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've seen a lot of it connecting. I think that um, I see a lot of people wearing outfits, and this has nothing to do with identity by the way I see people wearing outfits and you you know when you see somebody wearing something and it just the, the outfit looks great but you're just like something is not right like yeah. there's just something not connecting yeah. and it's it's because you can always tell when people are wearing their clothes or the clothes are wearing them you know like if you're not really like if you're if you're not coming from a place of confidence you could be wearing the the right outfit but there's something not working yeah there's something not connecting and people can see that and they're just like that looks good, but like I don't know what's going on here. Like something's not right, and I think that there's a lot to be said for what it, what what connects when we are coming from like a very like inner confident place. Yeah, you know, and I I mean I don't know if you you're connecting with that right now. Maybe that's not for you, but it seems like looking at you, it seems like that's what's happening. It's just like you're getting yeah. more and more confident in your identity, and therefore there's less likely that you're less likely to buy clothes or wear something that doesn't like fit for you you know yeah yeah i think that's something that i just haven't really thought about yet yeah, okay. but we'll give it some thought give us some thought all right so listen um we're gonna wrap up but listen i have really enjoyed talking to you i want you to tell everyone though how they can find you so you're, we already know that instagram is blowing up mm-hmm. so why not let it blow up some more tell them where they can find you on instagram and also if you want to talk about anything that you have coming up or to keep a lookout for just go for it do it okay yeah so my instagram handle is j t h r y y y um and yeah, a future event that I'm going to be a part of is New York City Pride um, asked me to be feature- one of the featured influencers slash creatives for the 2019 um, World Pride campaign. Oh, that's huge. Um, that's which I'm really excited about. And I have like a photo shoot for that coming up in like a week, I think. Oh, that's great. Um, oh, that's awesome. Which, yeah, yeah. I don't know all the info yet about like what I'm going to be doing. Um, they've been really slow at getting that to me. Yeah. But, <laughs> 
Yeah, and I also looked up that the the World Pride, 2019 World Pride um, is taking place in New York for the first time in history, and it's also projected to be the largest um, Pride event in the world. It's going to be pretty large, yeah. It's so be I feel really excited yeah. and very honored yeah. and... Yeah, um, well, I think they picked somebody pretty wonderful to do it. I'm really you. thrilled for you. It, you know, Jeff, I think you're what I've got from speaking to you today is that it's some of the things in your life have unfolded in such a way that was so natural. And it, and they came out of you just, I don't know, just being sort of authentically communicating things, yeah. you know, just like what happened with them. And, and, you know, now this thing with World Pride, it's like you were just you're just out there being you and people are gravitating to it, you know, as you can see from your Instagram. And it's really nice. It's a really lovely thing. It's like, I think you're a very um, huge sort of like uh, lesson in what it, what it means to just be kind of live, go through your life being who you are and letting things unfold naturally just by being your authentic self. So thank you so much for being you. I think it's, it's awesome what's happening with you. You guys, please check out um, Jeff on Instagram. And we are wrapping up now, but I want to thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Transition Style, and tell your friends about it. And we look forward to coming back with you, coming back to you with a lot more stories and a lot more um, interesting people and interesting things. Thanks a lot, guys.